December 28th, 2023. This morning's class is dedicated by Eddie and Sophia Rishti in honor of the birth of a baby girl. We're in Maseche Bava Kama Andav Yod Amudalif. We're a little bit below the middle of the page where we left off yesterday with the third word on the line where it says Matkif. If you're looking for it on the page, you where there's the little circle at the very beginning of a line, that's the, uh, the sign of Rabbi Akiva the next line, three words on. And the context of the Gemara, which we need to briefly finish up that sugya, which we were addressing yesterday, is the following. We were talking about a Beraita, and the Beraita seemed to have had an exa- exhaustive recording of all the severities, the humrot of one av over another. We were talking about shor, Bor and Ish in this Biraita. This one's more Hamur than that one for that reason, and that one's more Hamur than this one for another reason. And the Gemara questioned, but wait a second, we know that when it comes to Bor, according to Hachamim, uh, with a pit, you're not liable if kelim, if utensils got damaged in it. Why isn't that listed as the homer bab, excuse me, the homer ba'esh mi babur? Why don't you say that when it comes to fire, fire is liable for damaging and ruining utensils, whereas a pit isn't. Well, that one maybe was alluded to in the Biraita. What about shor? If a shor goes ahead and breaks utensils, knocks into my car, damages something else, that it would be liable as opposed to a bor? That was the question of the Gemara. The initial answer of the Gemara was, well, maybe this Biraita is following the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda disagrees with the principle I just mentioned. According to Rabbi Yehuda, in a bor, if utensils fall, uh, you are liable. And as a result, that's not a humrah of ish over bor. The Gemara challenged that from the final words in the Beraita when in the context of fire versus a pit, the Beraita said, well, fire is liable for even davar she'en ra'uilo, even for things that are irregular. The assumption was that was referring to utensils. The Gemara in turn gave two answers. The first answer was that our Beraita is really going with the opinion of hachamim, going with the opinion of hachamim, but according to hachamim, a pit, a bor, is not liable for utensils. Why wasn't that mentioned? Those famous words, it taught and it left out other cases. Well, I said, that's a great answer. The only problem is when you say it taught all the cases, but it left out this one. It can't be just left out one. If you're leaving out one, you're leaving out more than one because if it's going to be exhaustive and give you all the details, all the details are going to be there. You tell me one's missing, uh, it doesn't make sense. It would leave off one. My shi'er, the high shi'er, asked the Gemara. What else is it leaving off? You're telling me one, it can't be that just one if it has a full listing. Answer the Gemara, shi'er tamun. Tamun is the case where the item is concealed. Ahlok between Rashi and Tosafot on the specifics, but in short, when it comes to fire, when it comes to ish, you're not hayav, you're not liable for compensation if the item was hidden, a dirasha from the Pesukim, whereas in the other two, shor and bor, you would be. Very nice, that works. Then the Gemara said, but even according to the Biuda, we can defend this Beraita. You could defend the Beraita, but according to the Biuda, there should have been a listing and this contradiction with regards to Bor answered the Gemara in that final case which jammed us up, where we said that fire, ish, is more severe because it's liable even on davar she'en ra'u'ilo. You should know what davar she'en ra'u'ilo meant. It didn't mean 
something that's a utensil. It rather meant when it scorches the ground or it singes uh, rocks of something of that sort. That's what we were referring to. And as a result, we resolved matters for all intents and purposes uh, in, a, in, a, in a positive way. The Gemara just finished with a question. The Gemara now has a question, Matkif. Matkif la ravashe litne homer bashor now, before we explain the specifics again, let me explain to you how this question is being posed. It's only being posed on Rabbi Uda, not on the Hachamim approach. Why so? According to the Hachamim, we suggested this Beraita doesn't have all cases. There are two cases left off. Number one, a pit is liable for, not liable for utensil breakage. And number two, fire is not liable for hidden uh, items when they get ruined. As a result, if you tell me there's another one left off, that's right. I told you. The class wasn't giving you an exhaustive listing. I told you I'm leaving off of you. So if you have a question, why isn't that listed? Why isn't that listed? I answered to you in all those, Tanavashir. I taught a lot of them. I didn't catch all of them. That wasn't my objective. That would be the answer. According to the Bihuda, though, that the Gemara argued this Beraita fits perfectly. Every case was recorded. We have everything mentioned according to the Bihuda. So then the question in turn is, how come this one, which we'll define again in a moment, isn't listed? We're going to get caught on that, ultimately speaking. What's Shor Psuleha Muktashin? Shor Psuleha Muktashin is the following. If there was an animal, a Shor, which you were going to sacrifice, and as a result you were Makdish, you sanctified it, but then it had a moon happened to it. It got maimed. It uh, had a blemish. What's the halakha in such a circumstance? You can, you can and should redeem it. What are your uh, capabilities? What are you allowed to do? Significantly what you're not allowed to do at that point is if the animal dies, you're not allowed to give it to animals to eat. And what else are you going to use the meat for? You can't uh, sell it and can't give it to animals to eat. You can't get any benefit from it once it dies. But wait a second. It's yours. It's yours, but it's not fully yours. It's yours with regards to the fact that you can use it, you can eat from it. It's not yours in the respect that you can't use the leftover meat from it, you can't use milk from it in its lifetime, you can't shear it in its lifetime. It maintains a certain sanctity and holiness. That's the halacha with regards to Shor Psuleha Mukdashin. Where does that leave us with regards to damages? So it goes like this. On the one hand, when it's alive, well, it's technically yours. And therefore, when it comes to Shor, when it comes to Kerin, when one animal gores that animal, I'm holding on to that animal, which I wanted to sacrifice. It became blemished, and I redeemed it. And then Abi's animal came and knocked into it. I say, Abi, you're liable to pay. Liable to pay? No, that's Hikdish. It's not Hikdish any longer. It's now mine. That would be shorehu. So with regards to shore, you'd be liable. I could eat the food. So I'm holding my food on the my eye. Why do I It's dead. You can't eat from it anymore. Yeah, but before that I lost I lost it. Right. But Right, but give, give one second for the derasha. With regards to bore, you wouldn't be liable. Why wouldn't you be liable? Because the only time, listen carefully, Charlie, the only time you are liable with regards to bore is if the Torah says, Baal habor yeshalem, the Torah says, you pay, vehamet yihyelo, and the dead body is his. What does that mean to say? What does that mean to say? It means that the body is now usable. It means that the body now can and will be appraised for its value. You'll use the hides, you'll sell the meat, you'll do something with it. Over here you can't do so. As a result, this contingency that the Torah says, when do you pay as the owner of the pit? 
only when the body of the animal can and will now be used. Well, over here, the body can't now be used. As a result, you're not liable by bor on shor psuleh hamikdashin. Well, that being the case, the question in turn of the Gemara is, if, what's on shore? You are on shore and you're not on bor. And as a result, if you're telling me, Rabbi Yehuda, according to Rabbi Yehuda, that this Biraita has an exhaustive, exact, every single case, why is this one left off? That's the question of the Gemara. So again, Matkif la Litne, we should have taught, Homer Bashor mi Babor, Shahashor Chiev Bo, Shor Psuleha Mukhtashin, Mashenken Bibor. And it says the Gemara, I Amarta Bishlama Rabbanani, if you argue that our Beraita is following the opinion of Hachamim, Ayede, Ayede means since, once you left off one, you really left off two, you left off another one. In other words, as we said, if you're arguing that the Beraita follows the opinion of Hachamim, so it's Tanavishir. You left off the fact that Bor is not liable for utensils. You left off that fire is not liable for Tamun, for concealed. And now you left off as well that Bor is not Haya for what we call Psuleha Muktashin, the animal which was blemished and then redeemed, as opposed to Shoela. You can't correct. That was what we said earlier. Tanavashir, Maishir, Dahashir. Doesn't make sense. He gave a class, Rabbi, 10 hour class. He gave me all the laws. You left out one? There must be a reason. There's something. Uh, come on. Says the Gemara, but according to Bihuda, the only way you can argue that we left off this one, is if you left off another one. What else did you leave off? I thought according to Bihuda, you gave me all the laws appropriately. He answers the Gemara, Shir Dash Beniro. Uh, perhaps the case is a uh, hiyuv of keren when it's called dash beniro. Dash beniro, take a look at Rashi. Shi'im dash hashor beniro. Near, how do they translate the word near? Near really means the area around the planting. It's. Uh, yeah, what's that? Yeah, but, no, no, no. This is, this is Hebrew, I just want, you know. This is, okay, very nice. Okay, good interpretation. The plowed field. Okay, I, th- I think it's specifically, I think they usually say it's the parts around. Okay, anyway, regardless. So it trampled an already plowed field. And the animal, as it does so, has intention to damage. Uh, meaning, it's not just passing through. The animal is on the side of the field and you see it looking around and then it goes on and it's doing it again. Regal means it was just passing through the field and it happened to have trampled the field as a result, broken or ruined the field. Over here, it wasn't passing through the field. There was no reason for it to go there. We can determine or approximate based on, based on circumstances that the purpose of the animal was to let off some steam. It was going specifically to trample the field. That's not Regal. That's Keren. Why is that not Regal? That's Keren? Because Keren is defined by Kavanato Lehazik. Regal is, it's just, it's Darko Bekach. Keren is Kavanato Lehazik. Isn't Shaden also Hana'ah? Is not, oh, because I said let off steam. Hana'ah means that it actually comes away. Uh, that, 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 that scratch gets back, but there's a physical, there's a physical sub. All right, so sc- scratch the uh, eating would be Shen Mamash. 
right? So it's got to be Karen over here. It means it has intention to try. Okay, it's not letting off steam. It just wants to damage the field because it's angry at the oil. I don't know. I don't, I don't know exactly how you're approximating this. But uh, Rashi goes on. He explains to you why we're going to consider this. So he says that Shivarim, they do this sort of thing. They, they trample things. This would be a derivative of Karen. And as a result, you'll be obligated to pay for that which, in terms of the plowed field, you ruined. And this would not apply. It wouldn't apply to a pit. Why not? We mentioned these words of Rashi yesterday. When it comes to bor, there's no such thing as damaging ground. It's a pit, after all. It's a something in place. It can't damage ground. Of course, Tosafot questioned, if you recall, uh, this was on the earlier stage of the Gemara, but Tosafot was alluding to this stage. That's a little bit of a funny comparison, as uh, Alan helped us realize. It just doesn't apply. So instead, Tosafot said that, uh, Tosafot suggested in this context that what the Gemara is referring to is that even in each case, its own irregular situation of damage, for example, in Bor, if it's nine to fahim, it's not going to kill. If an animal uh, dies in it at nine to fahim, you're not liable. Uh, but wait a second, it could happen, but it's not regular. It's not normal for that to happen, and you're not liable. As opposed to, that's in contrast to, sure, sure over here, this is somewhat irregular, uncommon, not normal, and nonetheless, you're going to be liable. That was the way Tosafot learned it. Regardless, the Gemara then says for us that according to the opinion of Rabbi Huda, we found another case that was left out of this Beraita, and we seem to have resolved issues. Again, piecing it all together, this Beraita, we challenged in the final moments, we challenged it from the case of Shopsuleh HaMuktashin. Why'd you leave off if my animal gore Shopsuleh HaMuktashin, that animal which was redeemed, that I'm obligated, but on the bor I'm not. According to Hachamim, no problem. We left off two, now three, no problem. According to the Biuda, I think he can't make this argument. Answers the Gemara, no, even according to the Biuda, we had already left off something. The irregular, I'm translating this uh, part of, the irregular cases, the cases which are a little less common, are you liable for damage or not? By sure you would be, by bor, you would not be. Says the Gemara, I can't accept, and this is the final line on it, says the Gemara, imishum dash beniro, lav shiurahu. If that's the case, if that's the best you came up with, with regards to what was omitted, left off the, list, the listing in the Beraita, not a good one. I'll tell you why. Because dash beniro is already in a different, different line, different words in that Beraita. Dehatana lehazik. After all, the Beraita said, you want to know what makes sure more severe? That it's darko lelechu its way is that it goes and it damages. Isn't that mentioning through those broad and general words that if it goes and tramples purposefully on a field, it's liable as opposed to bore? After all, that is why it's liable because it's more normal, it's more prone to that, and as a result, it has compensation charges as opposed to bore. So the Gemara finishes this, that they believe this Biraita needs to be accorded with the opinion of Hakamim, and we have Tanavishir. Okay, says the Gemara. 
again, this is all post, it goes like this. I understand why you ask it like that, but this is Rebildan Chachamim, our opinions from Tan Misham Beraita. We're trying to figure out is this Beraita, Rebilda, or Chachamim? He doesn't need to back down. We'll just say it wasn't his opinion that was recorded here, you know? It was all just questioning could we say this Beraita is even according to Rebilda? And we're saying at this point, we're suggesting no. Does it hurt Pesach Halacha? We're not going to follow his opinion. We weren't going to follow his opinion anyway, but, um, but, but for. For our education, it's important. Says the Gemara onward, You might recall the Beraita had these uh, somewhat mysterious words. It said, even if I only prepared, that's how Rashi explained that word, Hikshati, Zimanti in the second case over here, I only prepared, so to speak, partial or half of the potential damage which came, I'm nonetheless liable for compensation on the whole damage. What type of case are you talk? So that's not you, fair. You, you destroyed half his field, you're responsible. Uh, so it sounds like, but keep in mind, it says, I prepared. So it sounds like, that doesn't make any sense, that's not fair. Says the Gemara, what's the case? Tanura banan. Tanura banan means it's a beraita which is being cited. These are beautiful Gemarot, when you have a Beraita, which is defining the Mishnah, when they work in tandem. Oftentimes the Gemara has contradictions from Beraita. Sometimes you have supplemental material from the Beraita. This Beraita, even though we're going to struggle with it, but its purpose is to explain the Mishnah. Tanura Banan, Hikshati Miksat Nisko, Havdi Betashlume Nisko. So those are the words that we had explicitly in our Mishnah. Those are, now we're going to, Kech Shekol Nisko. Even though I only brought forth, I only prepared, Partial damage, I'm going to be obligated entirely. Ketzad, what's the case? Help me out. Give me uh, specifics. The following suggests the Gemara. Ha-chofer bor tish'ah. Now let's for a moment remember the halachot with regards to bor. With regards to a bor, even less than 10 tefachim, a tefach, the size of a fist, even less than 10 tefachim, you're liable if something falls, if an animal falls in and gets damaged. However, you're only liable for assuming the death that might happen to the animal through falling in, you're only obligated to pay for a dead animal if it was 10 tefahim or more. If it's less than 10 tefahim, you pay for damages, but you're not liable for the full damage of it dying. Keep in mind, an animal which just needs to go to the veterinarian is a lot cheaper than an animal which is dead and you can't really use it much any longer. As a result, this is very significant. The size of the boar, if you keep your boar below 10 tefahim, you're not liable for death of animals to that extent. You pay for the damages um, uh, if they fell into that pit. The assumption is not. The Gemara said, Indeed, but it could happen. We've seen stranger things happen in terms of on improbable deaths. So says the Gemara, here's the situation. That, that's what you need as background. Someone purposefully and, and knowingly uh, digs a pit in a public area. That's how, that's, what's that? A non-killing pit, well said. And another person comes along, so Reuven is the first, and Shimon the second. The next one adds an extra tefah. What happens now when an animal comes, falls in, and dies? Who's liable? Who pays? Ha'aharon hayav. Only the latter person is hayav for paying for that death of the animal. Uh, but the first one did nine tefahim, and the last one only did one tefah. Nonetheless, ha'aharon hayav. Rashi, right hand side. Ha'aharon hayav. Ben met bohashor ben huzak. Rashi goes even a step further. It says whether it died or got damaged in that pit, only. The second person, the final tefah is hayav. V'ta'ama. 
damage, which is the fact that he's high up, the damage shouldn't be good to us because the first guy is damaged to to be honest, both of them are somewhat difficult, but certainly damage is even more difficult. That's what it certainly sounds like right now. Yes, it's 100%. <laughs> no, 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 nobody else understands that one. Um, that's Say it again? Only the latter one. Right, that's only the last one. Ben met Boashor or Ben Huzak. Ben Huzak means even got damaged. What's the reason? Why does this make sense? And the reason will be explained later on. It's later in the Masechet, in truth. It's learned from Pesukim. Tosafot on the left-hand side even quote the Pesukim for us. On the one hand, the Pasuk says, says that if a person digs a pit, but it's in singular, it doesn't say if it will be digged, it doesn't say if they will dig, it says in the singular. Oh, but who said that's the last guy who's obligated? Maybe it's the first guy who's obligated. And then the Pasuk says afterwards, and then the, the dead body will be for him. It sounds like the one who put the final touches on it. He's the one who gets it. We'll get to the Gemara and Daf and understand the Derasha entirely. But for our purposes right now, that's the proof. The halacha is if one person digs nine tefahim, the next one puts the final touches of one tefah additional onto it, the obligations are only on the last one. So as Gemara, you should know. Okay, maybe that's the interpretation of Paramishnah. He's a partial, he's responsible for so He's partial because he only has one tefah. He's partial in terms of creating and preparing the damage, and he's responsible entirely. Exactly. Several things. First of all, it's a suit of damage, even if you're not liable for compensation that we established on day two. Secondly, you're liable for damages if that happens. So you certainly should be covering and dealing with it. However, if it would be that it dies in it or gets damaged in it, ultimately speaking, after the person added an extra tefah, so then you're not liable. Aha, uh-huh. fascinating question. Jared asks, one second, he wants to know, so we could we could hear Interesting. interestingly, and I'm not getting deep into it because we're not deep into the sugya yet, but I'll quickly, if you take a look at Tosafot on the next side of the page, on Daf Yoda Mudbet, I'm just going to read to you the last two lines of the first Tosafot, my Ka'avid, look Jared, Tosafot is in the midst of talking about how, in that case, okay, I'm reading it a little out of context, very out of context. In that case, we would not, we would not treat it as similar to nine and finish to ten. You wouldn't be liable. There's a direct contradiction to Tosafot later on, where they say the opposite. It's a question. The Sivara should say to us, the simple logic over here should say, that the person who added the extra tefah should not be liable. That would be the logic. I will have to test that one out entirely. But at this point, it's nine, you brought it to ten. That ten number... If it's nine and it dies, there's no liability at all. There's liability as damage. You do it as if it got... 
you, you pay for damage. You pay for damage, but you're not paying for the yeah, value of the animal. The damage if he dies. Right. The animal dies, how do you I, I believe, we're not 100% sure. I think the answer is we determine how much the animal w- was, could be giving you productivity, which you took away. But you're not in terms of an absolute loss long term. So not, not 100% sure how you determine it. That's that. Interesting. Dr. Waba says it's, it's the inverse of a person who finishes a mitzvah. Uh, it, it got started and uh, got finished by someone else where Kore al Shem Gomro over here is saying it's sort of speak Nikra al Shem Gomro as well. Uh, it's an interesting point. Uh, don't forget, we also give a lot of attention to the person who begins it. Uh, as Yavdil Moshe, we have Moshe, we learned this in, uh, not here in Masech and Makot, the Gemara describes how the Pesukim talk about how Moshe got and was so excited to start those first three Aremikrat, even though they weren't going to go into effect until afterwards, that we praise him almost as if, you know, he set it forth, so, which we don't do over here. But, but indeed, I guess a Probably similar concept in the inverse. Oh, oh, yeah, well, that's what coming. Yeah, We're again there. Yeah. On Daf Yod Amud Bet, it's right here. Yeah, yeah. You should know that this statement that the first one is not liable and the last one is only liable in 9 and 10 would not accord, would not be consistent with the opinion of Ribi Ditanya, after we have a Beraita, another Beraita which teaches. Exactly our case. What's the halakha? That's so far consistent. That's based on Pesukim later on. Rashi Tosafot told us that. Rabbi Omer, Aharon lemita, Ahar shenehem lenezikin. Rabbi says, listen, I can't deny the fact that only one person's going to be liable with regards to causing the death. That's going to be Aharon lemita. However, when it comes to nizikin, when it comes to damages, we'll say both. Okay, and the Gemara at this point is just presenting this initially as matter of fact. That's right. So everything we just taught is only following the opinion of Hachamim and not Rabbi. Rav Papa Amar lemitad v'divrei hakol. Rav Papa says, no, maybe the Beraita, maybe the Mishnah, even accord with Rabbi. The Mishnah and the Beraita were only talking about when the animal died. And when the animal died, even Rabbi agrees that the liability is only on the last one as opposed to the one who did the initial nine to five. Papa is defending the Beraita as being even following Rabbi and Amishnah. Rav Papa is not speak, he's speaking after the fact. The Gemara, again, just to structure it properly. That's right. So the Gemara says, the way we just suggested in the Beraita, the interpretation of I did partial, I'm obligated for full, would not accord with the opinion of Rabbi. Rav Papa says, no, it even would. You have to just fix and understand. When we talked about damage in the Mishnah and in the Beraita, we meant damage in terms of killing the animal. And the Gemara has just a different version on this. It, it ends in the same way, but it just goes in a different direct, direction. Ikad de means yesh omrim, different version of the same thing that just took place. Lemad de instead of matter-of-factly stating our Mishnah, our Beraita, according to this interpretation, doesn't follow the opinion of Rabbi, and then Rav Papa, so no way, I think we can save this. According to this version, it goes, could it be? 
Is our Beraita, is our Mishnah not going according to the B? Amar of Papa, Lemita, Vidivre Hakol, Rav Papa says, no, the Beraita and Mishnah even accord with the opinion of Rabbi. All right, well, if we rest it over there, uh, we've then defined matters. We have a Beraita, which explicitly explains for us what does it mean I prepared partial and an obligated entirely. One person did nine Tevachim. I put the final, final touch. Says Gemara Matkif, Lar, Bizera, Betuleka. Rabbi Zera now brings us into a longer, protracted conversation of vetu leka. Tu means more, od. Leka means there's not. It's a rhetorical question. Are there not more? In other words, that beraita that we just cited defined it only as you know, this broad and all-encapsulating case. Well, if you did partial, you're obligated fully. I'll tell you what that's talking about. It's talking about a pit where you did nine and up. I could come up with a dozen other cases. I come up with so many. Why do you be so specific on the 9 and 10 in the board? I think I have other cases. And as a result, I'm questioning, why didn't the Beraita mention other cases? Why aren't we more expansive in our thought? There are other cases where I only did a partial amount of, so to speak, the preparation of the damage, and I'm obligated entirely. Really? Such as what? The Ha'ika, what about the following case? Masar shoro hamisha bene adam. I hand my ox over to five people and say, uh, five people, I need you guys to safeguard it. I need you guys to make certain that my ox doesn't damage anyone or anything. As a group, as a group, a group of five people, I am, I don't know, employing, I am asking as a favor, whatever the case is, uh, that the five... Mm-hmm. We're trying to, uh, neither. We're asking why only board was mentioned. Why not these? It must be that Beraita knew something we don't know. We're not uprooting. We're not disagreeing with board. Board is standing strong. We're paralleling, if those are Yeah. Says the Gemara, Masar Shoro, the Hamisha Bnei Adam, Upasha' Bo, Echad Mehen Vizik, Hayav. Says the Beraita, the following, um, the following halacha, the, the one who was Poshe'ah. You handed over to five people. One person walked away from the job. As a result, the shore, the ox, then goes and damages. What's the halacha? The halacha is that the guy who was Poshe'ah, who was negligent in his shemirah, he's hayav. How do we know this? No, it can't be. Okay, but we're saying that that's not the definition of it. So as Rashi, we know this from Sevara. We have no Mishnah, we have no text to prove this. We just know this. Okay, anyway, again, so I handed over my animal five. One walks away. He did partial damage, so to speak, but he's going to be obligated entirely. So I was can you help me define exactly the case? With regards to the border, I understood it. There was nine. It was liable for damage. You put the final touch. Now it's ten, etc. What's the case over here? Can you really parallel this? Is it really going to be like our... What's the specifics? Perhaps you'll tell me... Maybe without this fifth person, so this animal cannot be protected. It cannot be safeguarded. For whatever the circumstances, you need five people to surround it. As a result, says the Gemara, Peshita, In such a circumstance, it, no, quite the opposite. If he's the person who's so necessary on this job, every single one of them is necessary, he uh, walks away from the job. Of course he's high up. Well, you thought you'd think he's part two? And as a result, that's right. Correct. Correct. Why is that? He would be 100% liable, and we have no chidush then. That's what we're suggesting here in the Gemara. If, maybe the case is we didn't need all five. Mintar means to be protected. Uh, like niture kartam, it's protection. Maika avid, so then, uh, excuse me, maika avid, that's why I need to read that. Says the Gemara, if you didn't need all five, 
So his walking away, quote unquote, what did he do? Pause for a second, what does that mean? How much, no, one second, I want, I want a better definition. If, correct, okay, so broadly speaking, says A.B., the structure over here is we can't come up with a real case. Because either way you slice it, we can't understand either it's pashut or it's not true. What's not true? That he's going to either have full liability or that he's going to have uh, any liability. Right. So what do these words mean, my kavido? How much would he be obligated? Again, five people. I don't need all five. He walks away from the job, says the Gemara, my kavido. Therefore, he's obligated what? Zero. Zero. Says Rashi, says Rashi, it got like, passed over to there. Look at the uh, first of the narrow lines in Rashi. He's obligated, zero. Maris Kat and Rashi, zero. Tosafot says, what are you talking about? He's obligated, zero? There's five people on the job. It's not that he's obligated, zero. Says Tosafot, he's obligated, one-fifth. He's not obligated entirely. Rashid, uh, if you take a look, uh, says, says ma'atin. you're going to see this, this line throughout our sugya. What did guy number five do more than one, two, three, four? And each person pays a fifth. So in short, again, just putting it back together in the broader sense, why we're mentioning this in our sugya, it goes like this. The Gemara is challenging. We had a matkifla uh, in our Gemara. We're challenging the notion that the Beraita told us you only have one case where I put partial effect into the damage and I'm fully obligated. What was the case? Got it. What's the challenge? I can come up with other cases. We have plenty more to come. Jesse even mentioned one already. But the first one is I hand over my animal to five people to watch. One of them moves away from the job. There's my next case. It's the same as the bor tishavish asara. Wait a second. What's the specifics over here? With regards to the bor, I can make the argument. Rashi fleshes this out at the top of Amud Bet. I can make the argument. The first nine were damaging stuff. The damage is in place. It could be damaged. You added one more. You turned it into a whole new reality. I understand in that situation the reality. I understand. I understand why that last. Okay, but over here, uh, very different. Because when I'm dealing with this, if he was not necessary for the job, he should be liable. Nothing. If he's absolutely necessary for the job. He should be uh, obligated, of course, entirely. That's the question here in the Gemara. So again, why should he be obligated absolutely entirely? Because he's absolutely necessary. It's not like the nine to fahim, which were already a damage in place. If he's not necessary, he should be obligated, according to Rashi, zero, according to Tosafot, one-fifth. But you're not going to come up with a case where he wasn't, so to speak, entirely necessary, like the nine to fahim, and he added something more on, and therefore he's obligated entirely. Why do you say so? Don't need to don't need to go there. Uh, listen, so he's going to lose his money, and he's going to be considered poshia. They'll be considered poshia, but. But in terms of the facts on the ground, were they all necessary? Maybe I wanted extra protection. I'm making the reality. I'm saying that it's absolutely necessary. Interesting thought to consider. To prove, to question the Beraita. Why did the Beraita only talk about one case of Bor? What's that? Oh, it's not a short case, it's more cases. Uh, we'll take a look at Tosafot at the bottom of the Amud, who, who, who touch on that sort of point. In terms of partial damage, 
Of course, we're trying to find the case of partial action and full compensation. The suggestion of the Gemara is you can't find them.